Welcome, welcome, welcome. We are back at the Queen's Table Podcast. I'm your host, Marissa J. And today I sat down and chatted up with Miss Kendra Garcia, life coach extraordinaire. I met her at uh, Most Scrubs uh, birthday event hosted by Toya. She was on the self-help panel at the Most Scrubs birthday event. So um, if you want to go back and rewind and check that episode out, I believe it's uh, an episode or two before this. It's an episode before this one. So go ahead and check that out. She is absolutely awesome and amazing. We actually, uh, when she came in, we actually started talking about literally everything else and (laughs) we weren't really anywhere near the topic of life coaching. So, um, and and in the middle of it, I just, I was like, you know, I have to hit record because this is just too good. It's too good. It may not have anything to do with life coaching right now, but it's, it's, it's a good conversation, but we do end up getting into it. I just wanted to get who she is and how she got started so that way you guys can know about her because uh, we were talking after the recording and you know I, I have mentioned you never know of a healer that's never been through anything you know what I mean you you don't you don't hear of a shaman that comes from the suburbs so <laughs> So I definitely wanted to get this episode out. You can find her. You can find her on Instagram at Life Strategist KG. That's L-I-F-E-S-T-R-A-T-E-G-I-S-T-K-G. That's on Instagram and online at www.kendragarcia.com. That's www.k-e-n-d-r-a-g-a-r-c-i-a. Go ahead and check out this episode. I know you guys are going to absolutely love it. And then check out her website. Go ahead and book you up a session. It's never, ever, ever a wrong idea to better yourself. So, so no outro again. (laughs) I don't know if I'm going to be doing outro anymore. I don't even know if I can. Oh, well. No outro today. Singing how we say we all came from Africa, y'all, so stay black. Because I was waiting, I was wanting to talk about you oh, and your, your and we're talking about something we're talking else. about everything, everything else. else. That's okay. That's okay. That's perfectly fine. Because this is good. But <laughs> we um we need to be able to bottom line. We need to be able to get rid of the monetary system. Once that goes away, I think we'll be able to implement a lot of a lot of changes that we desperately need going into this century. Because I mean, here we are, almost twenty years into this century, and. Things are exactly how they were back in 1986 when I was born. This is it. That this can't be a thing. With we talked about how how we vote. Mm-hmm. That's absolutely absurd. There's you. Have you seen the 3D printer out there? Mm-hmm. Okay. There are 3D printers that can print on massive scales. They are printing entire homes. I saw that. Yes. Yes, and they are low cost homes. Very low cost. Yeah. And you know. You take, when when you have something that can replicate anything, why do we even need money at this point? Mm. Why because do we money, what do they always say? Money is power. Mm. And we know money is just paper mm-hmm. and metal. Mm-hmm. And it holds no true value unless you give it value. Yeah. And who has the most money has the most power. Mm-hmm. And if it lost its value, they will lose their power. Mm-hmm. And we live in a society where power gives you access to create mm-hmm. the world you want to live in. Mm-hmm. And the people that's creating the world that we live in don't look like you and I. Mm-hmm. Yeah, And that's why we live in a world yeah. that is not just 
for you and I yeah. and other like Mexican people or foreign like all of these um, immigrants they come over mm-hmm. I think like freedom is um, a facade like mm-hmm. you have freedom until you don't have freedom Yeah, and the people who don't have the power mm-hmm. think about it that young white boy that raped that girl and uh, ended up getting probation or something because he wouldn't survive in yeah. jail yeah. he came from money on the flip side, a young black boy, same crime, mm-hmm. he gonna get the the max penalty. Uh, look at the Central Park Five; they didn't even do it. Exactly, exactly, and so that that system is not gonna change. And as much as we would like to see it change, mm-hmm. you would have to take down a whole like you have to take down a whole lot of people. We don't even know who it are because I don't even think the people that we know of mm-hmm. are the people that's running the system. No. We don't know who's running the we system. We really don't. Um these they're are just the heads. Yeah. That we see. They're definitely not in the public eye. At all. At all. But they have a lot of control over what happens in our world and mm-hmm. what the the rules are, what the laws are and what it looks like as far as like who's going to hold the power and who's not. Mm-hmm. It's very strategic. And so until we pull the wool, like pull down the curtains and see behind the curtains, mm-hmm. and then you have to have some type of power to be able to make some type of change, it's not going to happen. It's not going to change. But I mean, really and truly, I, I really feel like even if we were to pull the curtains back and show everybody exactly how everything is, Nobody's going to do anything about it. Exactly. Ain't nobody going to do that. They're going to be like, well, that sucks. Uh, let's go to McDonald's or let's, let's go, go to Popeye's products. and get this chicken sandwich. Right. Right. That part. Right. Yeah. So, so, I mean, it's just, it's all about what you make with the time that you have here. Mm-hmm. Because if we sat around and we tried to fix um, the society that's already broken, mm-hmm. we wouldn't even be living the lives that God has blessed us with, mm-hmm. period. So, we need to be that, like, use our time wisely mm-hmm. to educate ourselves, educate those around us, educate our children, create wealth to our ability, like the wealth that we can create, and mm-hmm. teach our children don't sell Big Mama's house because that is family wealth, generational mm-hmm. wealth. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what we should be doing. That's what we should be focused on. Your podcast that's going to uh, educate people, not only entertain people, but let people know about the resources and the things that the tools is out there and that's available to them. Yeah. And that carries over yeah. generation to generation to generation. Those are the things that we need to be focused on. Yeah. Yeah. Like yes what we can do. Like, right. That's what you can do in your bubble. Yeah. Yeah. In your circle is change the lens of for the people around you especially our people like i'm looking now that i have had time to sit back and look at things from a different perspective you know you grow you gain knowledge and then you determine what to do with it Mm -hmm. it's like a lot of our people are stuck in old ways of doing things and old mindsets Mm -hmm. and it's kind of sad there's a lot of the older people Mm -hmm. they're stuck in these old mindsets that's keeping them like enslaved Mm -hmm. to poverty Mm -hmm. enslaved to this mentality that's holding them back Mm -hmm. and you can talk to your blue in the face about you know that mindset is what's holding you back Mm -hmm. like here's some things that you can do to change your life and they still won't gravitate towards the new because being enslaved to the old is so comfortable. Yeah. It's so yeah. comfortable. But we have the new generation that we can teach and we can help mold and give them what we didn't have mm-hmm. so they don't have to go through the lessons we had to go through the right. hard way. Right. And, and weed out that that those generational curses yes. that we keep passing down. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Like, I, I believe we're... Woke is not about a social standing. I think being woke is about knowledge and what you do with it Mm -hmm. and how you use it and we're becoming woke in more ways than just you know socially yeah some people are some people still stuck we can't do nothing about them people no they gotta get themselves unstuck yeah but we can help the ones that really want to do something and really want to change their lives and that's why i'm a life coach because that's what i do is help you see things from a different perspective and teach you how to go and get the knowledge that's going to help you change your life and transform your life Mm -hmm. and for me to get to this point i had to do that for myself Mm -hmm. you know so i'm becoming woke in more ways than one and that's why i'm able to see things from a different lens Mm -hmm. and we shouldn't give ourselves excuses Mm -hmm. like oh you know they're holding us back Mm -hmm. Um, we should give ourselves the power to change our own lives 
And that all comes with seeking the knowledge, taking the time, being patient with the process because nothing happens overnight. Right. Um, especially like, you know, entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. That doesn't happen overnight. We all want it overnight because we see people on social media making it look easy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And most of the time, those people making it look easy ain't even living the life. Because the people who are doing it, they do it quietly Mm -hmm. because it takes time to build and you need time with yourself to grow into a successful entrepreneur. Um, But but teaching people, you know, their ways in which you can be successful and everybody doesn't want to be an entrepreneur. Right. But a lot of people want to live their best life. Right. And you don't want to live it your best, worst life. You know, you out here faking the funk. Mm-hmm. I remember, uh, you know, that saying, fake it till you make it. Mm-hmm. I do not subscribe to that. Mm-hmm. I think that is the dumbest damn stand mm-hmm. ever. Because then you out here faking it and you never make it. Because right. you don't even know. How you know you made it if you faking it? Now you think exactly. that you made it and you living this life. Right. <laughs> No. How you know you made it? Like, how you know you made it? You ain't made it. You're too busy trying to live a lie. But if we really, like, work the plan, create a plan, work the plan, trust the process, know it's going to be hard, it's not going to be easy, Mm -hmm. you can truly create a life that you will be happy with. And that is the goal at the end of the day. Right. Is, like, a legacy that you can be happy with. Right. Um, uh, The lady who was killed by the inmate, uh, a couple of weeks ago, the guy who escaped in West Tennessee, there was an inmate that escaped, oh. and he killed the prison administrator. Oh, I didn't know. he. That's yeah. how he escaped? No, he escaped because he had freedom mm. to an extent because mm. he was a trustee. Mm. He had good behavior. He got these privileges. Mm-hmm. Um, but before he escaped, he, he raped and killed the prison administrator. Mm. She was living in one of the houses on the prison grounds. Mm. Um, 64 years old. She had worked in for the Department of Correction for 38 years. Um, this was her year that she was going to retire. Oh um, black woman. And her daughter was my classmate. Um, and so I went to the funeral. And when I looked around you can see the life that she lived by the people who showed up to pay their respects. Mm -hmm. And the things that people said about who she was and her character. Mm -hmm. She was a woman of integrity. She was fair. Um, But she also, like, worked for change. She didn't Mm -hmm. just talk about it. She actually worked for change. And there was, the governor was there. There was inmates there that, you know, she was warden of the prisons that they served in before. And Mm -hmm. she had just as much respect from the governor that she did from the inmates. And I was like, that says a lot about the life that she lived. And it wasn't something that she had to brag or boast about. Mm -hmm. She didn't have to go out here and try to make it appear that she was doing something or being something that she wasn't. Mm -hmm. She worked quietly, but her ministry was her work. Mm -hmm. And she, based off of what everybody said, she wanted to help as many people as she could through the work that she was doing. And I feel like that was a success because all of these people showed up to pay their respects, as tragic as it was, but she lived a life that she could be proud of, that her kids are proud of. Like, her son said, somebody asked him, did you know that your mother was this big? And he said, I did, because in her work, when they went along, they seen how people respected her. They mm-hmm. seen how, you know, she impacted lives. Mm-hmm. And that is, at the end of the day, for me, the goal is mm-hmm. not to be the richest person, the wealthiest person. It is like, what type of legacy are you going to leave behind? What kind of impact are you going to have on people? Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, people will say, you know, with my coaching business, well, why don't you do this? Well, why don't you do that? And like, you know, these people are doing this and these people are doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, you can scale and it's all about bigger and better and, you know, mass producing whatever it is that you have. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, I don't want to do that. I like connecting one-on-one with my clients. Yeah. I like sitting down and getting to know what their goals are and talking about their kids and, you know, their husbands are getting on their nerves. And, <laughs> you know, I like getting that intimate relationship and then watching them elevate and grow and actually implement the things that we work on and transform their lives. I like that. I like that one-on-one. I'm not trying to help everybody. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to help the people who God places in my life. Exactly. So it's not about scaling and making it, taking away the human touch of it. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't want, of course, you know, you can create these lessons and people can go and download it. Mm -hmm. But as a person who's done that, 
I feel like that's ineffective because the implementation isn't there. Yeah, and it's, it's not personal. It's not. It's not detailed to someone's specific needs. It's just a, a general... Well, go ahead and go get this. Yeah. And it's like, and it, go it, download it. Right. And then if that don't work, download this. <laughs> yeah. and then download this. But then, like, you know, they really have no... And, and you just, you fail when it comes to the, the Band-Aid. That's like a Band-Aid solution. I'm going to download this. This is a quick fix. And it's supposed to help me accomplish this particular goal. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, nine times out of ten, you don't follow through with it because mm-hmm. it gets lost in the sauce. Then mm-hmm. you got other things that you have to do. Whereas with that personal touch, you have somebody who's an accountability partner. Yep. You know, so yeah. when you can't, when you forget about that thing mm-hmm. and then somebody pops up like, hey, you said you was going to do this. Like, what What you doing? Right. You ain't. Like, how are you following through? Right. You know, how are you holding yourself accountable? That makes a difference to me. And so I feel like we are moving in a way in which change is going to happen. Like, how we move as a society will change. Mm -hmm. But that comes with actual people like you and I playing our parts to help Mm -hmm. that change along. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So... How is it that, how did you get started in life coaching? Like, what what were the, the, the if, if I mean, if not getting too personal, but what, what were the steps that led you to Just, that? Yeah. So, okay, background. Growing up, I'm a girl that's from the projects. Mm-hmm. I grew up, for the bulk of my life, I was in Dodge City, which is one of the notorious projects here in Nashville. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I lived a split life because... On one side of the bridge, literally, um, is where we lived, and we lived in the projects. And then on the other side of the bridge, where the houses were, that's where my father's family lived. They lived in the houses. And so I got to see two sides of the coin. I got to see, you know, home ownership, you know, people. And we used to say that they were the people who had money. Now that I'm growing, I realize they didn't have a lot of money. Mm. But what they did with their money was different. Mm. And then on the other side of the fence was us. We lived in the projects, and... That was like a generational thing. My mother's family grew up in a project, and when she got grown, she got her a project, and then that was the mentality. Gotcha. When I turned about 10 or 11, we moved out of the projects, and we moved into houses. Um, And it was, we rented, we got evicted, rented, got evicted. My mother said, you know what, I'm going to do Section 8 so we won't get evicted. I don't have to depend on nobody else but myself. So she went and got Section 8. We got a house on Section 8, and it was a house in a really good neighborhood. I grew up in Madison for the latter part of my years, went to school there. Um, But I always had, like, this natural way of seeing things from a positive perspective. Mm -hmm. And I always wanted more. Um, And so, you know, I always wanted to go to college. I always wanted, like, Oprah, somebody I really looked up to. I always wanted to be like Oprah. Mm -hmm. I used to be... um, when I was younger, I used to watch Iyanla. Iyanla had a show before Fix My Life, and I used to watch it. And I was like, oh, well, I want to be like her. That was the only person I knew that was a life coach, even though I didn't know what a life coach was. Mm. And so, you know, I went off to college. Freshman year of college, got pregnant with mm. my my oldest son. Okay. After telling everybody, I'm not going to get pregnant? Nah. <laughs> so my husband, um, that I, I met my husband my freshman year, mm. And he was so fine. I was like, oh, he's so fine. And I was trying to be fast and was fast and got pregnant. Lord. And that's a whole nother story. But um, so after my freshman year of college, I completed my freshman year because at the end of it is when I had my son. And I was like, I really want to go to school because I feel like education is where I'm going to create some type of change because I felt stuck in my environment because, you know, nobody in my immediate family had an education, like had a college degree, and we struggled, and I didn't want that to be my life. Mm-hmm. And I remember my dad telling me after I had my son, because I was looking for work, you need to stay home and, like, get welfare. I'm like, dude, this is $140 a month. I can't do nothing with that. Mm-hmm. Get food stamps and just be a mama. I'm like, I can't I can't do that. I can't. I want more yeah. for me and my son. Mm-hmm. So fast forward a few years, you know, I... Tried to go to school, had to stop. You know, me and my husband, we struggled to take care of our son, but God made a way. And uh, I had my second son, and I was like, I need to go back to school. And what prompted this was a friend that I started college with was graduating. 
And I was like, dang, I'm supposed to be graduating. Mm -hmm. I'm sitting here at this job making not minimum wage, but it's not enough. Mm -hmm. I was like, I need to go back to school. And so I decided to go back to school. And I had two sons at this time. I had had three kids. My second son passed away when he was two weeks old. Um, Mm -hmm. And I was like, you know what? No matter what. And when I started, I said, oh, okay, let me go back a little bit. Mm-hmm. So my student loans from my first try at college mm-hmm. had went into default. So I had to pay those off. Ooh. And in the midst of paying those off, I was like, once I get this paid off, I'm going to go back to school mm-hmm. so that I can actually have something to show for this. Mm-hmm. So once I paid it off, I think they put you on a six-month payment plan. And after that, they get you out of default and you can go to school. So I made my payment, went back to school, signed up. But before I signed up, I said, no matter what, happens. I don't care if we get evicted, lights get cut off. I need to finish this. Mm -hmm. And so when I got in school two months later, I found out I was pregnant with my fourth son. I was like, God, are you serious? Like, I wasn't even trying. I was on birth control and everything. That's when it happens, too. (laughs) And it's so funny because I was just living my best life. Mm -hmm. And my sister came over to the house and she was like, are you pregnant? I was like, why do you say that? She was like, your breasts are big. I looked down, I was like, they are. <laughs> Let me get a pregnancy test. <laughs> sure enough, it was positive. I'm like, I'm in school. Work is going good. I was happy with the two I had, and here I'm pregnant. It's like, so you know what? I'm going to finish this. So in that program, you know, you take these assessments about, like, what you would be best at. Mm-hmm. And life coaching was one of those things. And I have a natural ability to, like, give good advice and, like, motivate people and inspire people. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know what? I could do that. I remember Iyala, I could definitely do that. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, is you had to be like, there was no formal job that Mm -hmm. you could apply for. You had to be an entrepreneur. It's like, yeah, I ain't about that life. My Mm -hmm. kids need food and I need a way to provide. Mm -hmm. And so I completed the program. Thank you, Jesus. Mm -hmm. Um, It was so funny when I was getting ready because I had to have a planned cesarean with my son mm-hmm. and I was getting ready to go out to have it. And I think it was like on a Wednesday, we had Wednesday night class and I was scheduled to have my C-section the next day on Thursday. Mm-hmm. And I had already missed one class. It was an adult education course. So you can only miss like two classes at the most. Mm-hmm. If not, you fail. Mm-hmm. I think I had missed the max. And so the next week, you know, my teacher was like, well, you know, I know you have the baby and you know, you miss next week, you're going to fail the class. And so, you know, you need to get with your advisor and see what they're going to do about that. Mm-hmm. I was like, no, I'll be here. He was like, but you having your baby. I was like, yeah, but I'll be here. So the next week, I rolled my little pillow, my little backpack in there, mm-hmm. and sat myself down. It was the last class. And he was like, you really came? I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm finishing this. I have to finish. Mm-hmm. I have to show my kids what completing looks like. I can't expect something from them that I wouldn't do myself. Right. You know, so... I graduated, started working, honey, thought I was, I was like, you know what, once I make this amount of money, Mm -hmm. I'm going to be happy, and we're going to be good. Mm -hmm. So, you know, as my career progressed, I made money, made more money than I thought I would make, not six figures, (laughs) but I was like, I'm still not fulfilled, you know, Mm -hmm. like, I have a job that would be considered a good job if you ask my parents. Mm -hmm. I'm making more money than they ever made, Mm -hmm. but I still wasn't fulfilled. And I was listening to um, Steve Harvey and Lisa Nichols was on there. Lisa Nichols is a life coach and a Mm -hmm. motivational speaker. Mm -hmm. And she was talking about how she hit rock bottom, um, but how she declared she would never be there again and how she worked her way up to becoming this woman that she is today Mm -hmm. and how... um, Now, her company, Motivating the Masses, is one of the only companies that's a publicly traded, like, coaching firm. And she's a Mm. black woman. And I was like, that's it. Like, I need to be doing something. Like, I need to, for me, the type of person I am, I need to do something I feel like is impactful. Like, Mm -hmm. that's actually making a difference. Like, making a lot of money doesn't inspire me. Mm Mm-hmm. Because I don't want a lot of things. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. But what I do want is to help other people, especially people like myself that grew up in the projects that felt like they couldn't have anything or, you know, you're not going to be successful or you're not good enough just because of where you come from. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wanted to help the younger me. Like, I wanted to be the solution that I needed when I was younger. Mm-hmm. You know, being a teenage mother, feeling like I wasn't ever going to be successful and like having to figure stuff out on my own. I mm-hmm. wanted to do that. And so I decided I was going to get my coaching certification, like bite the bullet. 
invest. I was like, you know what, Lord? Now is the time for me to exercise my faith because I know it's going to cost and I don't have no money. Mm-hmm. But I know that if I put forth the effort, you will provide. Mm-hmm. And so I found a, found a program, and of course it cost. They was like, at first I was discouraged. He was like, well, we can do a, a scholarship, so we can give you half, and then if you can come up with the other half, we can do that. I was like, you know what? I don't have it, but we'll make it work. Okay. They put me on a payment plan, and I talked one of my friends to do it with me so she can do fitness and I can do life. I was like, girl, we gonna, you going to get them together with okay. their fitness and I can do life. Yeah. She didn't finish the program. Oh. I did. <laughs> so, and along the way, stuff happened. Life happens. Yeah. And it was a nine-month program. I completed it in 12 months because I had to take some time to deal with the family issue. I had a cousin that passed away unexpectedly. Mm-hmm. We had to deal with that. And I was like, but you know what? I have to finish this. And when I finished it, I was like, okay, what you going to do? Because mm-hmm. you, really, I'm a extroverted introvert. Like, mm-hmm. I really don't talk to strangers. <laughs> like, for real. Like, stranger right. danger. I don't right. do that. <laughs> so I was like, God, like, how are we going to do this? Because you know, like, I get up, you know, uh, I used to do college admissions. That was one of the jobs I had. And there was this black lady. She was the campus president, Mrs. Holloman. I will never forget her. She hired me. I interviewed for the position. I just, I didn't have no experience in admissions. I knew I just wanted to do something I felt like would help people. Mm-hmm. And I had gotten fired from one of my jobs. And I was like, I'm going to do admissions. I'm just going to keep applying until they hire me. Yeah. And so I went to this group interview. And um, you have all of these people who are experienced and have all of these years of experience in admissions. I'm like, ain't no way in hell they going to hire me. But you know what? I'm just going to keep going through the process. So the director of admissions at the time, she hired uh, somebody who she felt like was more experienced. Mm-hmm. But Mrs. Holloman, because I had to do a second interview after the group interview, mm-hmm. and it was with the director of admissions and Miss Holloman because they both were making the pick. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when the director of admissions went out on maternity leave, the guy who she hired, he didn't show up for work. So Miss Holloman brought me in. And wow. she was like, I just really like you, you know. Yeah. And uh, I know you don't have a lot of experience, but I, I believe in you. And I yeah. believe you can do this. And she hired me. Wow. And um, I used to get in trouble because I used to have my potential students in my office for more than an hour talking about their life, what's going to hinder them, and then let's come up with a plan so if this happens, then you can stick with it. Right. Um, but that's where it started because I used to be in that coaching them. And I still have students like, you know what, thank you. Like, you really inspired me. You motivated me. Um, but Miss Holloman inspired me because she was big on, like, she was so impactful and she would get up and she would help any student in it. If you couldn't get in, she going to find a way to help you. Mm-hmm. And so after that, when I got fired and then I, you know, then I got other jobs and I moved into other industries. I was working for a software company, didn't have experience with that, but God, and I was doing something that I liked, but it wasn't Im- impacting. Like it didn't give me any type of, uh, it didn't fulfill me. Mm-hmm. It was just what I did for pay. And then Lisa Nichols came along. So I was like, you know what? I would get up and I would speak in front of people if it's a part of my job. Um, but I was like, Lord, I need you to work on me, like, being able to connect because I'm going to have to network with people. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have to be meeting people I don't even know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I need you to give me everything that I need to, to do this because this is something I feel strongly that you have put in me to do and I need to do it. Mm-hmm. Then, honey, I had businesses that I started that didn't follow through with. Mm-hmm. I was trying to sell weave, bundles. I ain't about that life. Because <laughs> first of all, I wear my hair natural. Usually right. it's in the fro. Right. I'm like, I don't know nothing about no bundles. I was like, girl, I'm going to make a lot of money, and then I'm going to take this money and do what I want to do with it. <laughs> Honey, after the first day, I was like, I'm tired. I don't got time. I'm like, she was like, well, what grade? Girl, I don't know. Like, what does that mean? What part? I don't know. Does it sh- I don't know. Do you want to or not? Like, I'm not motivated. <laughs> do you want to or not? So... That didn't go through. I tried to do Mary Kay. I was buying all the products. Oh, yes. Trying to do Avon, honey. Was yes. spending all my money on the Avon Same. products. Avon so I said, Lord, you know I don't have a good track record. Mm-hmm. So if this is what I'm supposed to be doing, I need you to instill in me consistency. Mm-hmm. I need you to lead me. I need you to guide me. I need you to help me step outside of my comfort zone. Everything that I need, I prayed about. Mm-hmm. And I was like, if this is what I'm supposed to be doing... Whatever you, whatever your will is, that's what I'm going to follow. Not mm-hmm. what I want, because I want to be Oprah mm-hmm. now. But that might not be your will for my life. Right. So if that's not your will for my life, mm-hmm. I just need you to guide me and I need you to show me. Yeah. And then I started promoting. 
And I got my first client within my first week. She was my friend. She was like, I need you. And I was like, for real? You going to pay me to do this? Okay. We can try it. <laughs> we had our first session. And she was like, this is exactly what I needed. She referred people to me. So, like, one of my longest lasting clients, she referred. And I was like, okay. And then I had another client. He used to work with me. He was like, I just want to support because I know you're awesome and I want to support you. And he was like, I'm going to be honest. I didn't know what to expect. He was like, but... It exceeded my expectations. Yeah. So I was like, okay, I'm on the right track. Yes. And every time I think about quitting, something else happens. He mm-hmm. provides provision. Mm-hmm. And it fulfills me like nothing ever before. Yeah. And so that's what led me to it. And plus, you know, I just love to help people. Yeah. I love to help people. I love to inspire people. I love to see people transform their lives, transform their businesses. And so that's what led me to it. And wherever it goes from here, I don't know. Really awesome. So... Tell about about you as a person. And I, I know there was a lot of information and everything, but I mean, like, we got plenty of time. What time? I have absolutely no idea. Okay, 120. good. 121. <laughs> good. We do have time. Yes. Um, I have a heart stop at 145. Okay. But okay. definitely. Um, so what else? Okay, so life coaching. Mm-hmm. So the first thing that I did, I was like, okay, so, you know, where am I going to go with this? You know, you you consume all of this information and mm-hmm. these people tell you you're going to be rich, honey, in 30 days. You're going to be making 30000 So I'm thinking, if I work this right, I'm going to be rich next year. So this was mm-hmm. in 2016 when I started, right? Okay. <laughs> so I'm thinking about 2017, I'm going to be rich for sure. Like, right. I'm going to be making six figures. Right. So I'm telling everybody, I done had a talk with my husband. I sat him down. I was like, look, I'm starting this business. I need you to be on board or not. <laughs> I need you, because some days I'm going to need you to pick the kids up. Some days I'm going to need you to cook dinner more than you want right, to. Right. I need you to be on board or not. Right. Um, that conversation didn't go how I thought it would, oh. but, <laughs> but okay. Okay. Um, so I was, so, you know, I started, I was like I, consuming all this information, trying to promote and getting lost in other people's lanes mm. um, in the first year of my coaching business. Um, and then, you know, you get disappointed because you don't make 30000 in 30 days. You don't even make 2000 in 30 days. And I had a full-time job, and I'm a mother and um, a wife. Mm-hmm. But what I did do is I learned how to jump outside of my comfort zone mm-hmm. and leap out of the box. And so within my first year in business, I became a published author. Mm-hmm. And that happened through a, me stepping outside of the box. I seen somebody promoting this um, uh, uh what a collaborative effort, a collaborative book, mm-hmm. and it was women entrepreneurs, and we were talking about our journeys and what it's like about you know being a mother, being a businesswoman, and all of the trials that we go through to get to the points that we were at at that time. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, well, I'm going to go ahead and do this. And it was an investment. I told my husband I'm going to invest in this. And he was like, okay. If he said yes or no, we were going to do it anyways. I had already made my mind up. I mean, there you go. Now, you know. Yeah. And so I did it. <laughs> and so I collaborated with 12 other beautiful women. And the book is called um, Real Tales of a Mompreneur. It's on Amazon. Nice. That that released in 2017. And so the first half of 2017, we was working on promotion promotion for that. Okay. Um, went to Houston, did the book launch, met a lot of other awesome people. Um, realized I wasn't going to be rich, so I needed to be a good employee first. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I you know, went back to being a good employee mm-hmm. while trying to build my business. Um, and then along the way, life happened. So we had a son that graduated college. Um, I think my grandmother got sick, um, and she, my grandmother, she was 90 when she died, um, but lost a few people, and really, I had to learn some hard life lessons along the way, and so last year at the top of 2018, my grandmother passed away in January, Mm -hmm. and again, I was like, you know what, faced with legacy, I was like, are you living the life that you can be proud of? You know, Mm -hmm. what are some things that you need to change? And at that time, it was my relationship with my husband. Mm -hmm. And I was because I don't I didn't feel like we were creating the environment that we needed to be creating to grow healthy children. Mm -hmm. And I felt like a lot of the things that we learned growing up, we were emulating those things. And Mm -hmm. I didn't feel like we were at a place where we could together break the cycles that we were creating with our kids and so february of last year we separated and we had been together our oldest son is 18 so 
this year would have made 19 years together. And so last year was a hard year in terms of, you know, transition Mm -hmm. from being married to being separated, being a single mom. Mm -hmm. And my job at the time that... Honey, up until I decided I was going to be an entrepreneur, my job was great. Like, I love my job. You at, If you ask anybody, I'd be like, honey, I love my job. Like, we have flexibility. Mm-hmm. You know, I love the people I work with. It is great. Mm-hmm. Soon as I started my business, things started to shift. Things started to change. Mm-hmm. And um, at the top of last year, they changed the way that they did our pay. So it just so happens that my grandmother passed away. I'm like, okay, I need to be more intentional about the type of environment and legacy I'm creating. Mm-hmm. They changed our pay. So basically I took like a almost a twenty thousand dollar pay cut. And and I'm a single parent. Mm-hmm. Like, and I'm trying to build a business. So I'm trying mm-hmm. to help people while helping myself. Yeah. And so but you know what? Again, I talked to God, I prayed about it. I was like, if I'm supposed to be doing this, then you have to guide me because I don't got it. Like yeah. I don't have the energy. I don't have the resources. You're going to have to guide this whole walk. Mm -hmm. And I learned how to let go and let God truly. And so we didn't miss a beat. Like, I I was worried we would have to move. We didn't have to move. I took a pay cut, but I did a lot of, like, I did Uber and Lyft Mm -hmm. to make extra money. Um, God provided, you know, the resources that we needed. Um, I ended up losing my job in September, and I was unemployed for two months, and it was the best two months of my life. Mm-hmm. When I say honey, I was an entrepreneur, a full-time entrepreneur for two months. But I realized in that two months, I wasn't ready for full-time entrepreneurship. Mm. Um, because there's a lot of things I don't feel like we take into account. We just see freedom, mm. and that's what we want. Yeah. But as a, and I met with this guy, I met him in my lift and he is an entrepreneur. And um, I talked to him because he was, he asked me like, what do you do? I'm like, I'm a life coach. And he was like, oh, well, I'm a business coach and I do, you know, I help people scale their businesses. And we talked a little bit about that and he was open to meeting with me. And when I went and met with him, honey, I was so happy. I'm like, yes, he finna give me the game. I'm be rich. I ain't finna have to work for nobody else. <laughs> and I went in now, bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. Mm-hmm. And um, he was like, oh, you know, so uh, you're a full-time life coach now. I was like, yes. And he knew the guy that I worked for before. Mm-hmm. He was like, oh, I know him, you know. Really, really, like, we worked together and blah, blah, blah. He was like, what made you decide to leave your job to be a full-time entrepreneur? And I was like, you know, I'm just really passionate about this. And he was like, okay, you're a single mama. You, your resources, I'm sure, are very limited. So you may be passionate about it, but you're not prepared for mm. it. And when I say I left that meeting, he was like, I don't want to crush your dreams. I want you to be the next Oprah. I, mm. I really do. He was like, but I'm just going to be real with you, like, because at the time, I was like a business coach. And he was like, you can't teach people what you don't know. People, like, the people who pay the money to get the type of coaching that you want to do, mm-hmm. they're not going to pay you unless you have a proven track record of success. Mm-hmm. And I was like, but I'm doing it. Mm-hmm. And I felt offended at first, but I had to take a real look at what he was saying. Now, some of it I left. Mm-hmm. But the important parts I, I took. Because he was saying, you know, you're not prepared with the resources. And yes, you can go and get those resources. But it's going to be challenging for you to be able to maintain what your responsibilities, mm-hmm. right, personally. Mm-hmm. And also create a business um, at the same time. Mm-hmm. And at first I was like, I can do it. But then I took a real look at my life and the type of life that I wanted and what I needed to be doing for my family. And I was like, you know, what? he's right. I'm not prepared. You know, I have to have, I ha- like, my main thing is stability. I need to be able to create stability for my kids. Mm-hmm. And I came, and I was doing Uber and Lyft, and I was like, honey, this is tiring. Like, I think I'm going to make all this good money, but you got to work your ass off, and I got kids. Like, I still have to be a mother. I still have to prepare meals. I still have to pick them up, and that eats into your time. Mm-hmm. And people say, oh, you can make $1,500 driving Uber and Lyft if you did it nonstop every day. Mm-hmm. I wasn't willing to put in that work. Yeah, I didn't want to do that. So I had to go back to the drawing board and really think about it from a different perspective and really think about what makes me happy and, and get in my own lane. Right. Because I was like, oh, well, everybody else is doing it. Mm-hmm. But what's your lane? Right. What makes you happy? Because making all of this money 
is not going to make you happy because I'm not willing to put in the time that mm-hmm. is required for that. I'm not willing to have no nights off. I'm not willing to do sleepless nights. I want to enjoy life and do something that I enjoy. Mm-hmm. Again, I prayed about it. And I was like, God, I need you to guide me. And I need you to show me the way. And then I read in the midst of that time, um, Nicole, I forgot her, what's her name? Her site is XO Nicole. And she is a blogger. I want to say I've heard of that. Maybe on Instagram. Yeah, because she has an Instagram. Um, She's been featured in Essence and all these things. Like, she used to be a celebrity blogger, and she had to change her, what she was blogging about because she was tired of playing that game. And now she does, like, she blogs about different things. And a lot of it is just informative things, like informing Mm -hmm. you of things. And Mm -hmm. at that time, she did a piece on... Before you become, before you take the leap of entrepreneurship, here's some things to think about. Mm-hmm. And some of the things that she talked about was planning for your future finances, like 401k. You're not, you don't get a 401k as an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. Planning for your health care. You, you're responsible for your health care. Um, and some other things that a lot of people don't think about when you think about entrepreneurship. Yeah. And I was like, as a mother and as a single woman now, I need to be thinking about my future and be more strategic about things mm-hmm. because I want to live my best life for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. And if I don't play my hand right now, I'm not going to set myself up later in the future mm-hmm. to be able to do that. Um, I need to be able to have a savings, have a plan financially that I feel comfortable with before I decide to be an entrepreneur. And if you follow real entrepreneurs who took the leap, they tell you that like you need to get to a point where you can sustain your personal um, finances and your personal uh, expenses mm-hmm. and have an excess to be able to invest and grow your business before you decide to be a full-time entrepreneur. And I wasn't at that point. And I got to be able to take care of my kids. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't want them to move us anywhere that I wouldn't feel comfortable with them being. I don't want them to be in an environment that I wouldn't feel comfortable with them being in. And I don't want to put us in more hardship than we have to be in. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I learned in that two-month period. It was fun. I had freedom. (laughs) But I didn't have the tools that I needed to successfully be a full-time entrepreneur. So it's like, you know what? You don't need to be trying to take the leap quickly. You need to be building a a foundation for you and your family and growing as a life coach Mm -hmm. and figuring out what that looks like for you. And that's when I realized, like, I like the one-to-ones. Like, I have clients that's in Indianapolis. I have a client that's in Charlotte and Charlotte, North Carolina or South Carolina, one of them Carolinas. (laughs) And I still do, like, one-to-one sessions with them. Yeah. And it's, like, live coaching sessions so that we can connect. And my, my, my clients here locally, we do. I like to do personal sessions because I want to see your face and mm-hmm. your mannerisms and see if you're lying or if you're not. You know what I'm saying? If you're right. holding back or if you're not. Right. And I was like, I'm okay with the trajectory in which I'm on. Mm-hmm. And I, like I said, I prayed. The job that I had before was very stressful, especially like in the fourth quarter, which is like the last three months of the year. Mm-hmm. And, um... I was dealing with customers. It was like an account manager slash an analyst. So I had to do analytical work and deal with people. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to dive directly into like more of the IT and development and analytical side of it. But mm-hmm. I felt like I didn't have the experience. And I prayed. I was like, Lord, well, you know, I got to find a job. So mm-hmm. I'm going to have to, I need you to help me because I really don't want to go to work. I want like this freedom, but. I'm going to need you to help me. Plus, the job that I had before was a small company. We had flexibility. We could work from home. All of these things that mm. was holding me to this job, even though it wasn't financially benefiting me anymore. Because mm. I had people that would be like, why don't you go find another job? You can make so much more money. I was like, but I got freedom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And that's a big thing. And especially when you have kids. Like, yes. you need that flexibility. Yes. And so I was like... I guess I'm going to have to eat that because I'm going to have to go back into corporate America. So I'm not going to have the flexibility, but I just need to be able to sustain our lifestyle, Mm -hmm. period. And, you know, me and my husband trying to work out, you know, what it looks like from a support standpoint. Mm -hmm. We ain't going to get on that. So I'm like, I need to be able to take care of our children no matter what, period. Mm -hmm. Right. So I prayed about it and I applied to this job that I didn't feel like I was experienced for and um, the guy called me. He was like, yeah, they're looking for somebody with your background. And I was like, but, like, I know a little bit. I don't know a lot. He mm-hmm. was like, that's fine. That's what they need. They're looking to trade somebody. And I was like, but 
I don't know these tools and these systems that most people usually use in this type of field. And he was like, that's fine because a lot of the tools that they use are homegrown, so they need somebody that he come in and learn. Nice. I was like, okay, well, what are we doing? Like, okay. <laughs> and so I had to interview for the position that I have now, and I did a phone interview, and he was like, well, if they like you, they'll have you come in for an in-person interview. I'm like, okay, cool. Um, and they didn't even do that. They hired me without an in-person interview. I was like, well, cool. He was like, yeah, they want you to start because they need somebody to start. I started in December. They need somebody to start December 3rd. It was a contract position. The contract was for three months. No, the contract was until March. Mm-hmm. I was like, I don't usually do contract because I need full time. I was like, but you know what? I'm unemployed. What could it hurt? Mm-hmm. And it's doing something that I want to get more experience in because I had another job opportunity doing what I wanted to do. And um, it didn't come through, and it was making really good money. And I was like, if I get the experience, then I can go back to the drawing board and get the money. Mm. So I was like, okay, I'll do it. Like, I don't got nothing to lose, you know. Yeah. Worst case scenario, I had to find another job. But then I have more experience to add to my resume. Right. And so I started working there, and when my contract came to an end, they moved me to a different area. He was like, yeah, we no longer need you for this particular project. He was like, but I've re- recommended you for another project. Nice. And so I got on to this other project, and it's straight IT. Straight, like, working with developers, working with application development. So I'm like, yeah, I like that. I can do nice. that. And it has, like, you know, some like longevity. And so I'm like, okay, so now I'm moving in a direction where what I do for a living mm-hmm. is good. Mm-hmm. And it's flexible. We can work from home. Mm-hmm. The company that I was working for, they removed all of the flexibility and all of the working from home away at the beginning of the year. And I was like, mm-hmm. you know what, God, that's so crazy how we think we know what we want mm-hmm. and we think we're being strategic mm-hmm. when we just let go. Because when I lost my job, I cried for about a minute and I was like, okay, Lord. I take my hands off of it. You got it. Because I was trying to hold on to it. Mm-hmm. And it seemed like no matter what I was trying to do, it wasn't working. And I was like, you got it. And when I took when I took my hands off of it, he opened doors that I never would have knocked on. Mm-hmm. And now I can still focus on coaching. But then that also led me to the realization that, like I said, the 101, I'm focusing on 101, helping whoever I can help, um, building my practice steadily, mm-hmm. not trying to scale too quickly, mm-hmm. but being consistent and working with the people that need me the most. That is perfect. That yeah. is perfect. So, okay, so we've got a few more minutes left. Okay. What would be your best advice for someone looking for a life coach? Okay. So say if there's somebody out there that's like, I, I, don't, I don't know, I, I want to uh, um, uh, get in touch with somebody or whatever. How, how would you recommend someone going about looking for, for a life coach? coach. Mm-hmm. Well, first I would say this. If you're looking for a life coach, right, mm-hmm. make sure that you understand why you need a life coach. Okay. So I would say write down what you want a life coach to help you work on, right? What areas of your life. Um, First, you need to establish that so you have clarity on what the goals are Mm -hmm. that you want to accomplish. Um, And then the second thing is know that you got to do the work. Mm. So if you're not a person that's willing to do the work, mm-hmm. you might not need a life coach because a life coach is not a magician. Mm-hmm. They're not going to do the work for you. They're not going to go out and get the resources for you. They can point you in the right direction. They can help you come up with a strategic plan. They can hold your hand along the way, but you have to be willing to do the work. Mm-hmm. So know that. Like I feel like we have to know ourselves. Yeah. Don't waste your time and don't waste somebody else's time. Right. And then the third thing is... Figure out what your budget looks like. Like, how much are you willing to invest in yourself to get to the next level? Because a life coach is not going to be free. Mm -hmm. As much as we like helping people, Mm -hmm. we still, you still have to invest in yourself. Right. Right. I feel like people don't value things that they don't invest in. And this investment is going to require you to invest not only your time and your efforts, but also a monetary investment. Mm -hmm. And so you have to be willing to do that because you don't want to go to somebody and ask them to help you for free. Right. Um, So you need to do that. And then based off of that, based off of your budget, based off of what your goals are, and based off of whether or not you're willing to do the effort, um, there are 
first of all, Instagram is a great way. You can go and find life coaches. Um, Facebook is a great way. But you can Google life coach. Or you can go to KendraGarcia.com. There you go. And <laughs> we'll do a consultation. Okay. And if it doesn't work between you and I, because I always like vet my clients mm-hmm. to see if it's going to be a good fit. Mm-hmm. And I can pretty much tell within our first call if it's going to be a good fit or not. And that works both way both ways. I might not be a good fit for you, but you definitely want to get with somebody that's going to allow you to do a free consultation mm-hmm. so that you can see if it's a good fit. I like that. Yeah. I like that. That's 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 good. That's good. Because you don't want to, okay, well, uh, first meeting is going to be $50 up front. Right. And, you know, like, wait a minute. Oh, I don't know if I like you. <laughs> right. I don't know if I like you. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. like, and I tell all of my clients up front, like, you got to do the work. Like, mm-hmm. you have to do the work. Um, I, I stay connected with my clients. Like, I text you. They call me a bully. I'm okay with that. <laughs> I'm going to text you and all of that. But I'm not going to do the work for you, yeah. you know. And and that that's with any coach, a business coach or a life coach. They're not going to do the work for you. You have to be willing to do the work. Mm-hmm. And you have to know that you have to be ready to mm-hmm. do the work. Um, so don't come with your excuses. Well, I can't do this because I can't do... I don't want to hear it. Like, mm-hmm. well, this is an, a no-excuse zone. Mm-hmm. So if you're not willing to cross that threshold and really put in the work for yourself, don't do it. Don't waste your time. Just keep doing what you're doing. Yeah. I'm going to tell you, it's a lot easier to be in your comfort zone than it is to get ready to go outside of it. Right. And if you like sitting on the couch watching TV and whatever it is that you do, mm-hmm. keep doing that. Mm-hmm. Because for me, for myself, because I don't do anything, I don't teach my clients anything that I'm not willing to do myself. Mm-hmm. And I have several, like, I'm always in a season of growth. Like, how can I improve? What can I do better? Um, because I feel like me doing this and me going th- through these seasons is so that I can help somebody else. Mm-hmm. And so I am always like, you know what? I need to be focused and working on this. How can I be more consistent? How can I be better in this area. So I'm not going to, if I'm not going to give myself excuses, I'm not going to give you excuses. So don't come to me with that. We're not going to do that. And then at the same time, um, I know how hard it is because I'm my own best client. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. I'd be like, damn, sometimes I wish I could go back to that girl that used to just watch HGTV, drink wine, and chill. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, when I got off of work, mm-hmm. just sit down and just <laughs> cook dinner, eat, and watch TV. Right. And I can't because once you have pushed yourself outside of your comfort zone and you know what the expectation is, you can't go back. Can't go back. Nope. And now... When you want to sit down and chill, you know that there's other things that need to be done. Mm-hmm. And you have to be willing to push yourself to do those other things when you don't want to do it. Yeah. And so you have to be ready for that. So if you're not that person yet, mm-hmm. don't try to go find somebody to help you become who you're not willing to become on your own. Because it's going to take a lot of willpower mm-hmm. on your end and, and, and perseverance yeah. on your end. All right. KendraGarcia.com. Yes. Is that correct? KendraGarcia.com. And on Instagram, KG. Nope, it's at Life Strategies. Life Strategies. KG. KG. At Life Strategies, KG. Okay. I knew... I knew it was either in the front or in the back. but <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so very much. Thank you. This was fun. It was. It was a ton of fun. 